So in most cases, if someone is just, you know, saying, hey, let me go see if my insurance company, like you said, covers wigs, they're going to say no. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. Today's guest is Sherlicia Jones, owner of the Alopecia Hair Society. Sherlicia has transformed her business over the last two years, dedicating her time to those living with hair loss, offering support, and shining a light on the wig industry and medical insurance. She and I talk about the proper terminology when working with your insurance company, and she shares with us how working with the Alopecia Hair Society can help streamline the process. Sherlicia, thank you so much for joining us on Alopecia Life today. Yes, thank you for having me. You bet. When I discover people who have filled a gap in an industry, I'm really excited to share that with listeners. And you've done something kind of cool, and I'd love for you to share it with our listeners today. Hi, everyone. Um, This is Sherlicia, and I'm the owner of the Alopecia Hair Society. And today I'm just going to discuss some things with you guys about how you guys can purchase medical wigs if you're someone that's experiencing hair loss or alopecia throughout using your medical insurance. And so with those steps and process of the Alopecia Hair Society, we pretty much guide our clients through a step-by-step process and showing them a cost-effective way of getting a medical wig without having to pay anything. And so with that process, we get medical information from them. We learn about our clients and just really try to get to know them and then offer them human hair wigs so that way they can last, um, they can have longevity, and they look more natural and have an illusion as if it's their real hair as well. Awesome. And how did you start off doing this? Um, Well, I started off doing this because myself personally, I have been experiencing alopecia for over 15 years. And so I went through a phase of trying to find quality wigs. And just like most people, we struggle with that or we only find synthetic wigs that do not last long. So I just decided, okay, well, let me learn how to make wigs myself. And so within that process of me making wigs myself, I discovered that you can actually be a wig maker and accept insurance payments for individuals who are diagnosed with hair loss or any type of alopecia. And so once I learned about that, I said, well, this is something that I've never heard about or knew about. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people in that same situation that just didn't know. So I said, well, let's kind of bring awareness to this. This is pretty cool. I mean, who doesn't want to get a free wig through their insurance company? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that that is one of the biggest things for folks who are looking for you know, alternative hair, helper hair. What happens when we call our insurance company or we talk to our doctor and say, hey, can, you know, do you think our insurance will cover a wig? And when it's phrased like that, what you've discovered is that they say, no, we don't cover a wig. Yeah. So when asking for a medical hair piece, if you want to get real technical about terminology, you have to say the medical term, which is a cranial prosthesis. Cranial prosthesis in the medical term is consider a wig. So in most cases, if someone is just, you know, saying, hey, let me go see if my insurance company, like you said, covers wigs, they're going to say no. 
But if you go and say, hey, does my benefits cover cranial prosthesis? Then they may tell you, yes, you're covered up to $2,000. You can get one hair piece a year or you're only covered up to $500 and you have to pay a deductible. So that's where we come in. We actually can help with calling the insurance company and getting that information for our clients so that way they don't have to go through this long process of trying to get all the information and we kind of pull that information for them. Yeah, and because it is a massive headache. I was even looking at (laughs) one of the resources online that talks you through the process of trying to get a cranial prosthesis. And I had to continue scrolling because the process is challenging, right? I mean, it says, check your benefits and covered expenses. And then there's include a letter of medical necessity, um, include photos of yourself, include a brochure, a detailed account. And so you're, you're listing all these things. And then, so, and that to me, you know, I'm just like, I, I, gotta, I don't want to do this. Right. Exactly. Can, exactly. When you're super fragile, when you want a wig and or, sorry, cranial prosthesis, when you want something to cover your head and, and the process to get it is so challenging. So what you do as kind of the middle person in this and helping people through the process is really fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, I, again, I started off doing this myself. I know that process is a headache. And just when I first started, I did my own and I went through my um, insurance company and I was just like, oh my goodness. Like if I didn't have the steps and knowledge, no, I was just someone trying to figure it out. I would just give up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, you know, this is something that I feel is a need based service for our clients. It's something that people should know about, especially during this time, during the pandemic, you know, wigs aren't cheap. And in cases, wigs can be thousands of dollars. And in some cases right now, is that really a necessity for people right now to spend a thousand dollars on a wig? So why not give them the resources to where they don't have to spend anything? Or if they do a little bit to nothing, just because the insurance companies, they do cover up to 80% of the cost, if not a hundred percent, depending on the type of insurance that a person can have. Awesome. Have you ever found that one of your clients will switch insurance companies because they're just not having any luck with their own? Yes, they do. And in some cases, it's another resource that um, people can use, which is called Care Credit. It can get a medical credit card and then pay off our services monthly. So that's something for individuals who may change their insurance or if insurance do not cover cranial prosthesis, um, they can go towards that type of resource of finding a credit line uh, for medical expenses. That's great. And can you, can you tell us what insurance companies are the easiest to work with? I'm super curious about this. I mean, I think that generally speaking, most people find insurance companies to be extremely challenging and mm-hmm. frustrating. I mean, I know that's my own experience. So I would love to share, you know, the easiest ones to work with. <laughs> that would be. Yeah. Really I mean, to be honest, like you said, none of them are really truly easy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would say the most that I get a good return from will be Blue Cross Blue Shield, Aetna. We also go through Anthem and then Cigna is also a great one too. And then if people, they have veterans insurance, um, sometimes those type, the veteran centers, they give away free wigs um, and they give away vouchers and things of that sort too for individuals who may not have insurance or coverage. So that's just through my experience, but I feel with any insurance company, there's going to be something that you're going to have to overcome or get what you want, exactly what you need from them. Yeah. And right now you are working to educate other 
cosmetologist, other wig makers and things like that. So this can be kind of broadened, right? I mean, because we talked about the population of folks who are going to experience hair loss in their lives, and that's 2% of the population. And you yourself can't help all of them. So it's nice to know that there are people who understand the process of helping other folks get their cranial prosthesis. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, in some cases, people with alopecia or any type of hair loss, you know, when they're trying to seek knowledge about what's going on and what's happening with them, they normally will go to a dermatologist, which is awesome. But there's other resources that they can go to as well. They can go to trichologists, they can go see a hair loss practitioner, a hair loss specialist, and just try to figure out different options. They can see a nutritionist to see if something's going on with their nutrition. I've learned as far as things like allergies can cause hair loss. And, you know, just trying to find that knowledge is not always easy. This information as far as the insurance. So I think it's very, very important that, you know, especially in this type of community, the alopecia community, sharing knowledge is important just because, you know, it's a lot of us seeking answers and we don't know who to talk to. We don't know who to actually ask the correct questions. I feel like with this type of service, it's important that if you're a cosmetologist or a trichologist or you do anything within the hair community as far as dealing with people with hair loss that you should learn as much as possible just to help them. I think that goes a long, long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And when people are working with you, there's a process, right? I mean, you also encourage folks to give you a picture of themselves and also really connect with them about their story to help share that with the insurance company. It feels almost excessive when you have to explain things, when you have to provide a picture to prove this is what you're going through. So then we have someone who can represent us and and kind of be like, like we said before, that middle person. It really is extremely helpful. What else do you have folks when they come to you? What else do they need before they can really get started? Um, so the process of, you know, trying to figure out if you're covered is like you mentioned before, us just kind of getting to know the client and then getting a medical information from them. So we have them fill out a packet, this documentations they have to complete. We have to do pre-authorizations with the insurance company and then making sure that the most important part of this whole process is getting a prescription from a doctor, most likely your dermatologist, to say that you've been diagnosed with alopecia or a certain type of hair loss and having certain medical terms on there. And so we kind of provide our clients with that step-by-step process and what should be on those prescriptions. Without that prescription, we really can't process a claim. So that is pretty much proof of your doctor saying, here, I need to provide my client with this medical equipment, also known as durable medical equipment. So those type of things is really, really what we need as far as with the process. And of course, pictures and emotional letters, just kind of stating how hair loss has affected you and, you know, why you need this cranial prosthesis unit. Yeah. And how long does this entire process take? I'm sure there's a range of time depending on your insurance company. Yeah. So this process can take some time depending on the insurance, depending on how quickly we're getting information. Sometimes it can take 
you know, getting a response once we have information back from our clients and we've given all that information to the insurance company, we can get a response back within 14 to 30 days. But if we're not getting that information, it's continually, you know, following up with the client. But in some cases, insurance company, if there's not the correct terminology on the prescription or on any type of the documentation that needs to be filled out, that can make the process even lengthier. Or they can say, well, we only cover a certain amount. Um, you may have to appeal the claim. So on a good day, <laughs> it can take about 30 days. But in some cases, if we have to keep sending in documentations, getting documentations from the client, it can take anywhere between 30 to 60 days or sometimes 90 days. Sure. And do you find that when people are able to get one one year, like let's say last year, I worked with you and I was able to get a $2,000 wig. And then this year, would I be able to kind of go through the process in a much easier manner because it's kind of like a, a prescription renewal versus like a whole, you know, going through the entire process year after year. Yes, exactly. So it would be exactly like that. We'll still have to send over documentations um, to save our customers information. Of course, we have to follow the HIPAA law uh, for protecting our customers information. With that, once you do want another wig, we do call and verify and we kind of tell your insurance company, hey, we're submitting another claim. We give them our last claim number with the prescription on there and say this client wants to renew or get a new wig. A much easier process. There's another easier process since we're talking about the timely. Sometimes the client will pay for the wig and then we just kind of charge the insurance company to reimburse them for the payment. And that's just kind of showing proof of payment invoices. But that is sometimes the easier process too, if you don't want to wait for the full claim to be processed and wait for the insurance company to pay us, you can pay us and then they'll reimburse you, the client. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know for sure. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to add that would be helpful for listeners? Yeah, I mean, if there's individuals that are out there who may be hair practitioners or doing something to where they have clients and providing hair pieces, we do also help those individuals in becoming a wig expert. Right now, we do have an ebook out and we're working on completing our e-courses to kind of teach individuals how to go through that process of providing services to where they can accept insurance payments for their clients. Awesome. What if somebody just said, yes, I wanted 10 wigs. I have $500 to spend and I want to spend it on 10 synthetic wigs, a purple one, a blue one, a long blonde one, whatever it may be. Is that something that you can help them do as well? Yeah, so we do have a company that we work with for synthetic hair. We personally won't sell synthetic hair unless it becomes a real need, just because we want to offer real hair to where it can last. They don't have to worry about purchasing consistently over and over. But for those individuals who just say, hey, you know, I just want something quick and fun and I don't care if it's synthetic or human. Yes, we do have resources that we can refer those clients to, to purchase those type of wigs. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much. And I just want to thank you so much for being with us today, Shirlicia, and sharing all of this with our listeners. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Again, if they ever need any more information, they can definitely follow us at the Alabisha Hair Society. Awesome. Are there any other ways that they can find you online? 
Yeah, so one way will be Instagram at the Alopecia Hair Society. On Facebook, we have a group called the Alopecia Society. And then you can definitely check us out on our website, which is alopeciahairsociety.com. Awesome. And I'll have all of that in the show notes. Thank you for listening today. For ways to connect with the Alopecia Hair Society and Sherlicia, please check out the show notes for her contact information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts. Yes.